Welcome to If These Balls Could Talk with the trio funnier than Mo, Larry, and Curly. My name is Mark with John and Pete. And joining us tonight is our special guest for the third time, our friend Matt Angier. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. Hey, guys. What's going on? You got to buy stock now. Do we do yeah. we give out like five-timer or three-timer jackets like SNL we do. does? We like SNL, three You're the SNL. second three-timer now. We could. We could start doing that. Well, how, what's go, what's going on, everyone? How's everyone, Ben? Uh, John, let's start with you. Well, Pete and I just got back from vacation, separate vacations. We, did, um, we yeah. just got back from Bermuda. Um, I just, my wife just went crazy with pictures on the Facebooks, so you guys can all look at those. Photo dump. She did. She went nuts. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, um, we had a good time. We um we vacationed with our, uh, my in laws, and they were awesome. And we were day drunk multiple days, which is how I like to cruise. <laughs> Saw a picture of of you and our father in law with uh, his. Both your glasses upside down. I definitely no, rode not, on not his lap drinking once. glasses. But <laughs> you rode on his lap? Yeah, on, and he had a little scooter. I had a little scooter. Oh. And we were driving around. <laughs> it was awesome. That's I was so not cool. sober. <laughs> Matt, I got the giant stein out for you today. Nice. How was your vacation, Pete? It was good. It was very relaxing. We went to Puerto Rico. Um, didn't do anything crazy. Uh, we w- did walk around Old San Juan. I went to the Bacardi distillery, or we, we both did. She was only able to smell all of the various rums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns out they're very good over there at doing amazing virgin drinks and daiquiris and whatever, uh, mojitos and stuff. That's with super like cool. Guava juice that's like, you can tell they like literally just blended the fruit like two seconds before super sweet um got to swim in the ocean chill by a giant pool and uh how about you give us an update on baby watch with our brand new soundbite (laughs) nothing too major uh except for he is kicking and squirming and punching and stuff a ridiculous amount to where like anybody can feel it now and steph even saw it today she was like just staring at her belly at work and just watching like boom, 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 boom. You let me out. Yeah, pretty oh, much. Oh, I thought, yeah, I thought like you were, you were saying like he was trying to like get out. Like it's, if you see the, like, the you face just, imprint. Oh, God, it's it's like Ooh. the movie Alien with the face hugger. Yeah. Like, no, we're not. Oh, saying, uh, no, no, we're, no, we're, no, 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 <laughs> no breaking rib cages, baby. No, um, we Steph, are in the process. Yeah. We're in the process of renovating the living room, so uh, to make space for like a baby play area and, and set all that up and finish painting and, and flooring and stuff in there, uh, John and our buddy Alan and our friend Rick came over and uh, they were helping me move this gigundous heavy bar down to the basement, so that was a big thing. It was gigundous. Alan fell. Sorry, Alan. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're I okay I was going to drop the whole thing down the stairwell. <laughs> that <laughs> it was, was very bad. I had the weight. Uh, on my end, but yeah, I don't know how if the stairs could have taken oh, like, the bar. Oh, this is going poorly very quickly. <laughs> we got it done. So there was that. Get her done. Anyway, that's enough of me. Mark, how are you doing? This is good. I uh, went on a boat today. It was uh, nice a, and relaxing. I'm on a boat. Yeah. I'm it's on. going fast. Yeah. yeah. yeah T-Pain, was, T-Pain was there. We had a blast. <laughs> T-Pain was there. <laughs> Please tell me this was part of your realtor thing where you're just like on a boat, like a scratch off bit. these awesome with shades oh, and being like, what? yo, this well, house it was is with, it was with the brokerage. Mil. 
It was with the brokerage. But no, okay. we, didn't, we didn't do any uh, any recording or anything like that. We were just enjoying the, the water. Nice. Gotcha. That's awesome. So uh, let's get to know our friend Matt again, shall we? Pete, how about you start us off? And apparently Bob Ross. Hey, Bob Ross. And Bob yeah, Ross. Yeah, hey, Bob right Ross. How's it going? <laughs> I had the thing up and I don't know where it went. There it is. Uh, Pete, so, be better at broadcasting. <laughs> I know. Honestly, I could just say this off the cuff. I don't know if we discussed this in any of the previous episodes, and if we did, I'm sorry. I'm going to ask it again. When did you become a Bills fan? Were you born into it? I always forget this. And or was there like a specific moment that converted you into the mafia? My, you know, my dad was a Giants fan, and one year I just the team, and it was Buffalo. It was probably '88, maybe. And I just oh, okay. picked them and said, "Okay, I'm just going to root for this team." It's like that pretty much good, New York. That's what that it was, was good, you know? Yeah. yeah, pretty much. That was a good year to get into it. Honestly, that was like Steph getting into the 2020 Bills. Like they were yeah. mediocre and had Cusp. glimpses of potential in 87. And all of a sudden, in 88, they were the shit. And AFC mm-hmm. Championship, which the Bengals uh, whooped them pretty good there and uh, almost beat the 49ers that year in the Super Bowl. That was a good Super Bowl, if I remember. 23. I guess that was going to lead into my next part of that question was, was uh, what's your favorite game or moment uh, during your fandom of all time? And you got to, you got to watch during all the Super Bowl and the Kelly years. So, yeah, you know, uh, honestly, it was probably not last year, but the year before it was the, the playoffs, the chiefs and the, the bills. That was a good game. That was incredible. I mean, I, most recent, that's what I can lost. remember. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but, you know, there were a lot of good games, you know, the, the comeback game. And, you know, I always like all them not. Super Bowls, guys. Well, the Super actually, Super Bowl 25 is awesome. And John, John and I can test <laughs> They didn't win, so they don't matter. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they should have the won 25. The fourth one was man. good up until uh, halftime. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah then, uh, then they just literally got run over. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think sad panda. They interviewed Steve Tasker about that that final Super Bowl, and he goes, "You guys, that second half, we all just kind of realized we're all really old, and we were just completely out of gas." And, <laughs> and Emmett Smith just literally <laughs> ran over them for th- like twenty four unanswered points. Mm-hmm. Didn't uh, Thurman Thomas like puke at the halftime? And uh, who knows? He lost a helmet just, in Super Bowl twenty six. Yep. Uh, like uh, everything always went wrong for them. Ex- except twenty five was a great Super Bowl. That really did feel like two of the best teams in the NFL just going, mm-hmm. like throwing everything they had at each other. And th- you know, it came down to eight second field goal kick with a score twenty to nineteen. How, yeah. how much better does it get than that? I think that was the first Super Bowl I stayed up for the entire thing. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, this first Super Bowl I ever in, watched. Was that ninety, ninety, and ninety-one. Ninety season, so it would have been. 90. And there was only one okay. week between the the conference championships, so it was actually the end of January, if you can believe it, not February yeah. that year. Pete, can you tell yeah, us and the and the listeners and and Matt too your thought process at the end of Super Bowl twenty-five? I'm just curious. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> I mean, I, I I was I was ten years old. <laughs> My I remember it was like, how the hell did that happen? And then I yeah. just start crying. <laughs> oh, oh, no, the angle that the kick was and, and it was straight straight through, but it was such a close kick it that it I know it, I'm eight feet away or nine feet away from a 25 inch TV. I thought it went in. Of course, a second later, Al Michaels, no good wide, right? 
and I was holding a Ghostbusters toy proton pack, clutching it. And I remember slamming it down with like the force of a thousand suns <laughs> and started screaming. <laughs> I did. I had like, and Peter and I have talked about this in our friendship for a while now. I have literally the exact opposite experience. I was literally like dejected. I'm like, ah, oh, they're going to lose. Right. What are we going to do? And I was like walking away. And then like, I literally wasn't in even the room anymore because I was so fed up. I'm like me, 10 years old, fed up. Right. Mm. And then I'm like, wait, they won. What? What? <laughs> Yeah. Funny, funny story that Scott Norwood, the kicker, uh, it was a 47 yard field goal, which was only one yard shorter than the longest he had ever kicked in his career in a game at that time. He, of course, the next year he went, kicked him longer. We're like, why didn't you do that? You know, in January. Um, but he, I guess he'd been kind of hooking left all week in practice. Every kick was hooking left. So He's like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to line up on the right hash and going to, you know, that'll, that'll correct for it. And all of his kicks were hooking left and ending up going dead center, all practice, all warmups. When he got to that kick, he said he had so much adrenaline that he remembered. And I think Frank Reich was the holder. He said, yeah, I've never heard him grunt like that when he kicked it. Like it sounded like a war grunt, like, and he kicked it so fucking hard that it could have gone in at 58 yards or 57 yards, but it went dead straight. Didn't hook. And that's why it ended up three yards right instead of dead center. Sounds like my golf game. That's a good <laughs> yeah. story. So it looks as if Justin Fields <laughs> is primed to have another big year in the NFL, uh, mm. looking very good against a Colts defense this week in a joint practice. It has also been reported that several NFL execs are excited about what he can do and are saying he's going to have a good year. So what are your thoughts about your cousin as a premier NFL quarterback? Are the Bears good enough for him to shine, and is he actually on your draft board? Uh, yes, he's on, he's on my uh, my target list <laughs> to get. Um, you know, he's going to have a hell he, of a fantasy year. <laughs> yeah, fantasy year. He's going to have another great year, but I'm hoping it's more air than ground, just for health reasons. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter how big or how strong – can't do many seasons getting pummeled like he did like what they did with the offensive line like you know his his chemistry with Khalil has gotten a lot better DJ Moore I'm hoping I don't I don't know that's even, exciting that's a good pickup yeah and I'm that, hoping um who yeah, is it? I, I don't know does he still have Claypool there I haven't heard yes. anything about yes. him yes. But Chase I'm, Claypool I'm, is on okay. the team too I was last year I was really happy for that I thought that was going to be the pairing um, I thought he was going to work with and just that was who he was going to go with. And it just never panned out. So, you know, maybe they get a little bit more chemistry this year. Hopefully the defense can, if they get ahead, hopefully the defense can keep them ahead. And my favorite St. Brown brother. <laughs> Actually, I think Amon Ra is my favorite because his name is cooler, but. <laughs> you know what was that final line? It was, he had, he only threw like what three or four passes, but he had a, a hundred and, 23 yards and two touchdowns or something like that. Yeah, he was three for three. It was like a, I think it was a QB rating of like 158 or something like that. It was going higher than there were just little dinks and dunks and they ran them in 10 yard passes that just, they just had a ton of yards after the catch. That's a quarterback stream right there. Yeah. Or West coast style. Anyway, if he can get those few extra seconds in the pocket, he's good. Yeah, so when well, you going out? One, one or two. 
Uh, I'm going to be out there. And I'm hoping in October for the, um, I believe it's the Vikings game. Sweet. So that's hope, that should be a good game. I was hoping to go out for the Raiders. I don't know. I, I, I have to confirm my week. Mm-hmm. In both cases, the Bears should crush those teams because the Vikings are on the way out like they're they've aged yeah. out they're kind of rebuilding even though they they still have justin jefferson who's probably the best receiver in the league but i just don't know if they have enough beneath him and cousins right. and they got rid of delvin cook so there goes their good running back no more adam thielen either adam thielen's on the panthers oh. i saw yeah okay yeah that's right it's a real guard change year i think a lot of teams changed a lot so we'll see what happens yeah it's gonna make fantasy fun oh yeah oh, oh yeah, yeah. We're drafting um, without a snake because we predetermined the order based on the standings of the previous season. So uh, since I won, I'm going last. So I'm going to get my ass kicked in the draft. I mean, not necessarily. No, (laughs) Mark's like, suck it up. Okay, Matt had a good year, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, What are we, 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 11 and 12? (laughs) I think so. Yeah, Yeah, we were, we fought the championship. So before mentioned, Justin Jefferson was on Matt's team. (laughs) I'm going to try to make this draft interesting. All kickers? You got a plan? Yeah. All kickers? Oh, yeah. All kickers all day. Pete and I's um, uh, Dynasty Keeper list is due on Sunday, so we were talking about it yesterday. Yeah. Very exciting. Exciting times. I'm, I have a keeper league also, and I'm, I'm debating. I have Kamara as like a keeper in like round 13, and I'm debating do I keep him or let him go it's only and three games though uh, he yeah i know but i'm games. just worried yeah. he's not gonna have a, a year he's got I'm Derek worried. carr throwing to him now he's gonna be you good. know yeah because he has the best quarterback he's had since Drew Brees. i don't think so you don't think so he's better than everybody so. they've had since Drew Brees. <laughs> i, th- well, I think kamar's fun. due to get um not bad. not have a good season not have it really yeah. okay i mean he didn't have that great of a season last year He's, I think he was hurt, hurt, right? Didn't he? Yeah. Hurt? Was he mixture hurt a lot? being mixture of being hurt and just bad quarterback play, and yeah. he's a like Christian McCaffrey. He needs a good quarterback to feed him because he gets more yards catching than he does mm. the handoffs. Although you never know, the Saints have a have a very good receiver core now. With and Michael Thomas is back. They got Alave. We'll see. We'll see. Trick on Smith. <laughs> uh, real quick, do I keep Justin Ross or Michael Gallup? Michael Gallup. Justin, oh, I wouldn't keep either of them. <laughs> well, it's my last slot. Why are those only keepers. two? Why are those only your two options? It's, a di- it's the dynasty league. It's like, should I shoot myself in the foot or in the face? Those are why my wide receiver six and seven. Well, but Justin Ross did, didn't play his rookie year. He was hurt. So maybe he just he has, wait. I think he just retired. Did he? Or am I thinking of someone else? No, this guy was a rookie last year drafted, but he didn't play. because Oh, he was hurt. I'm thinking of John Ross. That's who I'm no, not John Ross. This is like a. Somebody that would have went first oh, round. You should last keep Justin year. Ross then. Okay. Yeah, I feel like Gallup hasn't panned out. And now it's time for the turn of our new guest segment, since this is Matt's third time here, where we will he will lead us in a topic. So let's get ready for Matt's Got Balls. Ready, Matt? Ooh, yeah. Uh, so my my interesting thing that I've read recently is the NFL's potentially looking into switching over to the new kickoff rule the, mm-hmm. or the kickoff rule that the XFL uses. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn on it, but looking up on it and reading on it, I think I, 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 
I kind of like it. Can you can you explain a little bit yeah, more about us, what the role is? So, from what I'm understanding, is the there's the only there's the kicker in the backfield. Um, there's the receiver, and the, everybody else lines up. I believe it's the 35 yard line, hmm. and nobody can move until the 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 ball is played. So the kicker will kick the ball, and then nobody can leave that line of scrimmage until receiver touches the ball. Um, and then it's, you know, it's kind of like a punt where they can, it's, it's anything goes now. But I think, I think with that transition, I know they're, they're thinking they're trying to reduce the amount of concussions and, mm-hmm. and hard hits. Um, but I, I, I think we're going to see it if they do adapt it or adopt it, we're going to see a lot more kickoff returns. Now, I think it's a little too late to do it this year, but what the NFL did mm-hmm. do now is essentially um, a, a player, a kickoff returner can do a fair catch regardless of where they are in the field now, uh, which, uh, you know, I guess, uh, yeah, the NFL, for whatever reason, is just seems to think that kickoff returns are they're just like the number one killer in the NFL. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But um <laughs> They still maybe statistically, but it's not it's not like it's grossly more than anything else. I mean, it kind of makes sense. You have people you have you have 11 men that are running as fast as they can in one direction and then other 11 men that are running as fast as they can in the in the uh, at those other 11 men. So I guess it kind of makes sense. But I don't know. I I actually do kind of like the XFL rule and it would. So it would be a way to bring kickoffs back into the game. I also Mm. see the potential of, uh, you know, let's say the kickoff return gets past all of those defenders. Now, all of a sudden you just have like 60 yards and the kicker. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the and highest those, kicker. Uh, yeah. The those, highest those kicker co- injury rate ever. Those confrontations are just hysterical in my mind. The more and more I picture them. <laughs> the guys are just going to be like after you, sir. Now I kind of want to yeah. see this. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it'll, it, it'll be worse than Mac Jones when he was falling down and uh, trying Aww. to tackle. Uh, Remember when Eli Manning face? tripped or Daniel Jones tripped over his own feet? Yes. Mm. Oh, yeah. Sad panda. Well, that was like an 80 yard touchdown, yeah. and then but he he fell short. Literally, oh, he just he just <laughs> fell. He's just so big and stupid. It was those damn li- li- uh, lines on the on the on the field. <laughs> yeah, I know they get you every time. Um, do we know if the the XFL rule, if it goes into play, is that going to compound onto the fair catch at any spot in the field rule? That's a great question. I mean, mm-hmm. I think a lot of weird things are going to happen. I think the way mm-hmm. kickoffs happen are going to change. You're going to see a lot more squib kicks. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a lot more pop-up kicks, like short yeah. pop-up kicks. I mean, it's right. just going to change the strategy of the game completely, I think. Which is not bad, honestly. I yeah. mean, kickoffs are kind of boring. Yeah, they are there now. They didn't used to be <laughs> right. Oh, no, no. It used to be like everybody killed each other. Um, yeah. Well, no, even that even that you had when they kicked them off from the 30, there were definitely more and more people returning kickoffs because oh, yeah. they weren't going so far. And sure. you had a, just I mean, just think of all the touchdowns that Devin Hester had as a kickoff returner, uh, arguably the most. Um, or the, the best uh, kickoff returner in, in NFL history. I think he had like nine kickoff returns for touchdowns. It was something like that. But, you know, <laughs> it, there would be no Devin Hester today because most guys are just letting it go. Yeah. You let it go. <laughs> I don't know. Let I, it go. I think I love the idea of 
fewer fair catches and automatic starts at the 25. So I feel like if you do the XFL rule, then you need to get rid of the fair catch at any point because that'll encourage all those things you're talking about, all these different kicking methods. How many ways can this kicker pin them? So they have to return it from the two where they can't touch it back in the end zone. You know, that that's a big part of that game. And okay. Your negative right now is the danger of a bunch of people running full speed, you know, with a head start. So if you take that away with this XFL thing, I, I think that might be the best possible combination. You get those kickoff returns, you get that crazy randomness that can happen, but it's a little bit slower and a little bit safer. Well, Um, you'd you'd lose out on the onsides too. Wouldn't be able to. Oh, that's, that's a great point. That's true. Yeah. Well, not that. necessarily. If all the other players are way down and the ball has traveled 10 yards, right? The kicker just grabbed the ball himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe that, yeah, that well, is Well, it would have to pass them, right? I mean, how would you? That is an interesting point. What, did, what does the XFL do with onside kicks? Or was there like never yeah, an onside how, kick? How does that work? In the I, XFL? I mean, it happens in, I, the, in college and college has a fair catch rule. Right, but the fair catch rule wouldn't affect the onside kick, but the XFL thing certainly would with yeah, the players probably. starting down the field. I don't know. I mean, if you look at it, they line up at the 35. Now, I, and it looks like there's, I want to say, five yards in between both lines of teams. So I guess, I mean, if the kicker's good enough, he can, you know, he lines up 20 yards back, he can pop it and try and land it between yeah, the two. He's, yeah, he's yeah, 20 maybe, yards maybe that's back. Yeah, so maybe it has to be then a twenty. <laughs> that would be the new trend. The kick, the kickoff mm-hmm. guy would just try to onside kick it every single time. Right. It's like you don't get the ball. <laughs> <laughs> are we ready to get ready? Hell yeah! Or are we ready to get yeah. going? I'm ready to get going. Unfortunately, I have a kind of a sad topic to start us off with. Oh, no. But it was a, this was a major news story. That's for uh, last. Well, I'll, I'll let you bum us out later. All anyway, right. <laughs> so last week, we unfortunately saw one of the deadliest natural disasters in recent history. As of today, 111 have been ruled dead from the wildfires that happened in Lahaina, Lahana, excuse me, on the island of Maui. Uh, it will take lots of time for crews to search through the debris. But what they have found thus far were a lot of people simply stuck in their homes with presumably no idea what was going on. It was reported that no warning system was used, and when asked about it at a press conference, Herman Andaya, who is responsible for sounding the alarms, or sounding the sirens, said he was in the right to not trigger the warning system. Very defiant about that. So everyone, what are our biggest concerns about the fires in Maui? Well, I think the biggest thing is that warning system not working the way it was supposed to. I didn't realize that was a, I didn't realize that was a human choice. So his his uh, the way that he defended it was that when the sirens go off, most people think that they're for tsunamis and they try to reach higher ground. Meanwhile, Which, that's where the fires are coming from. That was his argument. Maybe the warning thing should just yell fire instead of just different. Yeah, like a different alarm. Wasn't it Hawaii that got yeah. the um? The false um, nuclear yes. strike warning. Yes, a few is years that the ago. same administration? Oh, like the same emergency administration? No, no, I, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Because that's a big failure. And like, yes. if their emergency yeah. system continuously fails, maybe some people should get fired. <laughs> like, right? I, I believe the state um, also put out that well, the warning system is supposed to be used for, for multiple purposes. Um, including wildfires and tsunamis and hurricanes and and whatever. So 
Uh, was it a very good argument that that this guy and Dea really had? Probably not. When they, when re- journalists actually look into his background a little bit, he's had no emergency preparedness uh, hit, uh, in his in his work history. Um, and when mm-hmm. when confronted about that, he said, "Well, the people that to- that hired me had to make that decision, and they decided to hire him." He does not. He did not look very good in this press conference. And I, I there was someone yeah. that was signing. There, there was there was uh, uh, someone doing hand sign language and interpreting. And I swear there was a couple times I saw her in her eyebrows. She's like, what did you just say <laughs> while she's signing? Oh, God. <laughs> right. You know, when that when the signer mm. does a double take at the person. <laughs> it's like, right. Yeah, that's, I, I hadn't heard that part. I have this vision of like um, ASL translators just going rogue. Be like, nah. <laughs> And we're going to talk about something different. Yeah, I'm not even going to say what he just said. I'm not even going to sign what he just said. That was, that was a story a little like maybe 10 years ago where the, yeah, there was some other thing that happened and they thought that this person knew American Sign Language and turns out she was just signing gibberish. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the I remember problem. that. Yeah. <laughs> what oh, a mess. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, we really just don't know because we weren't there. Yeah. Um, we can make assumptions based on what people say but everybody's trying to cover their own ass there's there's a lot of things that came out too like so i guess there was this public spreadsheet that came out about all the missing people and there there's some that were updated as found and later found out no they're really not found because it's a public spreadsheet anyone can change it yeah so there's yeah. just there's just a lot of like ewiness uh with with what's going on over there yeah uncontrolled wildfires in a place like Maui seem really out of just I just doesn't seem like right like it's mm-hmm. not natural you know well, and I don't know why wildfires I mean besides climate change <laughs> that is that's exactly what it is <laughs> that's you, you know just, there's the answer I just um, it seems like a real problem and it seems yeah. like a real problem in a lot of places and I think that's really the thing we should be focusing on so you know that movie, The Day After Tomorrow, that we watched. I do 20, know that movie. I like yeah, that movie. I love that movie. It's a classic disaster movie. So twenty years ago, we all looked at that and were like, "Wow, someday when our great 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 grandkids actually have to deal with this, that's going to be a problem." Well, uh, sorry, it's happening now. It's. I mean, um, I mean, Pete, we've talked about this, but you know, I know because this is literally the place I work. Um, yeah, you guys are trying to prevent all I mean, this stuff. Most climate scientists say that we are already too late. Um, lots of climate scientists say that we need to go carbon neutral by at least 2030, though most yeah. states that care are shooting for 2040. Um, yeah. You said last that? time we have to go carbon negative. Well, no, and that's what I'm saying. We no. have to go carbon negative because we're not going fast enough. And, right. and there are a bunch of companies. I know Microsoft has um, committed to going carbon negative. Um, and I think that that's important. But that's what I said last time. We still have a problem because we're never going to get China to fix their transportation. They have more people than us. Um, well, their power generation, too. That, that's the big And their one. power generation. Yeah, power generation is a real yeah. problem. I mean, the yeah. world has an issue that is only going to be solved by cooperation. And unfortunately, um, as a species, I think we're cooperating the worst that we ever have. Well, but that's a know. completely different topic. <laughs> some bronze, <laughs> some bronze age kingdoms at eternal war for thousands of years might have uh, something to say about that. <laughs> well, but no, I, I hear you. I mean, with act, the, with the actual apocalypse coming in multiple directions on the horizon, yeah. like does this seem right. like the apocalypse is coming? The doomsday <laughs> clock is lower is as low as it has ever been. That is a fact. 
a truth fact. You know what? You know what I? You know I ever always thought though, like all those people that predicted the end of the world or whatever like that, uh, like a while ago. Like maybe that was more of a like a metaphorical end of the world because that's what. I don't know. Ever since all those happened, that's what it seems has been going on. Oof. There's just more and more disasters. I know. I just blew your mind, didn't I? 90 oh. seconds to midnight, you guys. 90 <laughs> seconds. The takeaway of this is that, okay, we, we fucked up with uh, preventing climate change. So it's a thing and it's going to cause a lot more of these wildfires. So we really need to have a way better warning system because this is going to be much more common in more and more places like mm-hmm. fires, okay. tornadoes, hurricanes, you know. The dead rising Tsunamis. from the grave. Dogs and cats <laughs> living together. Mass hysteria. Sorry. Pete, I love when you fall into 90s movie references. I really do. It's one of my favorite things about you. <laughs> For the thousand listening and the four of us watching, are you ready? Next top. In more big news from this week, uh, this story is making the rounds. Retired NFL star Michael Ohar from Blindside fame is accusing his adopted family of tricking him into a conservatorship and taking all the proceeds from the film about his life. Uh, the Tuies, on the other hand, are claiming he threatened to go public with this claim if they didn't pay him $15 million, which he claims is his share from the proceeds of the film. And see, this story gets more complex because O'Hara and his team uh, claim that the Tuies received 2.5% of the $300 million gross of the film while he received nothing. But attorneys from the Tuies claim that agents for Michael Lewis, author of the book The Blind Side, uh, negotiated a deal in which the family received only a small advance from the production company and a tiny percentage of net profits. And so, in the wake of Britney Spears' conservatorship, which is similar, but I think maybe completely different in this case, what are our thoughts um, do we have an insight in who is right or who is even telling the truth? So interesting point. So a little little kind of backstory for those that, uh, that listen or watch the show a lot. Uh, John and I come up with our own individual topics and we don't tell uh, each other what they are, but we both came up with this topic. Because it's major news. Because uh, it's major news. And uh, interesting enough, John, I would have phrased my intro almost the exact same way that you did. <laughs> Amazing. About, uh, yeah. And I was going to bring in Britney Spears as well. But uh, <laughs> anyway, who, so who do I, I don't know who I really believe in this whole story. This is uh, tough. Yeah. It, it does seem it's impossible to know because they're both seem slimy. It's a he said, she yeah. said thing. And but it, it, is, it is years after the movie came out years. as well. And the book. Yeah. And a successful NFL career. Who really can we believe in? Now, I believe one of the two OE is a two OE. Yeah, I think uh, it's I the think. kids. One of the one yeah. of the biological kids, I, I guess, came out and said, yes, Michael Orr was in a conservatorship. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole adoption thing is is weird, uh, whether or not that's that's true or not. Um, but I, I, yeah, I really don't know who to believe in this in this whole ordeal. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I'm hearing, too, now. And this is as of today or at least within the last 24 hours that. Now there's talking that before even any of this went public, like he was trying to basically demand the 15 million in a shakedown before any kind of court filing yeah. or any kind of formal mm-hmm. thing. So did he but just that's the nature of the question? I don't know, did right? he just I wake mean, up one day and he's like, I want $15 million or, or what? Well, I heard so I was reading something too, where even years ago, like this is like, it's been mentioned like a conservator with mm-hmm. conservatorship mentioned multiple times prior to 
So it's it's not really new. It's it new information. I mean, he it was something that he was aware of. So I thought you were also going to mention that uh, Michael Orr has actually been on record for a long time saying how he was not happy with how the movie portrayed him uh, because they kind of, that. yeah, they, they kind of portrayed like him as an oaf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 He's he's a well-spoken man. You, you know yeah. what's even more awful about this whole situation is that formerly known as Twitter X was, was <laughs> they so were stupid. bashing Sandra Bullock for this. Really? <laughs> Why calling? They want her to hmm. hand in her Oscar. I mean, come of, on! What is that? So just because she was in the movie, oh, exactly. She had, oh, come on! Yeah. She was given a script and she was told, "This is what mm. we need you to do." But then again, it all comes if anything, down go out, to yeah, go after the director and writer for that. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. What side? Right. What side is wrong? And and I think um and and the Michael Lewis aspect is interesting because um the Blind Side is a book. Right. And so it's however this man thought of their life and however much they paid him, he paid that, you know, he got them to be like, hey, can I write about this? This is really cool. So that's almost like a telephone game there. You're getting too many yeah. degrees away from the truth. John, who, do, do you know who, who do you believe you think in this whole scenario? I don't really know. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> tough, right? I think they we need to see. Pete? We need more evidence, I, I think more documents to come to the light are we yeah i don't think we're gonna get it because i don't think first off why did this reasonably well-off white family adopt this man or this 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 kid who had you know was you know different right and mm -hmm. in the south even you know it just seems really nuts and so yeah. um they seem though like in his old miss days and he was very famous in old miss i mean he was a very good college mm -hmm. football player mm -hmm. um yeah. I mean, they were very excited about the situation. They were like, we, they went to games and they took so many pictures with him and everybody seemed very happy. And so I think um, what's going on is something that we don't know. We just don't know a piece of it. And it is probably yeah. a pretty major piece of it, honestly. Yeah, maybe it started okay and then things got more bitter later. Something happened. and Or maybe... Mr. O'Hara has used up all his NFL money because he had, you know, an eight year career. I mean, the fact of it, if he's complaining about 15 million dollars, something has gone wrong with his finances. Yeah, it's it's tough for these players. Can you imagine you get all the money you're ever going to get in your career pretty much in the first eight, ten years of your life, sometimes less for for a lot of these players. And then, OK, that's it. You're, and he uh, certainly wasn't making Danny Dimes money when he was playing. Too. Not no, Danny Dimes no, money. That's for, that's for you sure. You guys still need to watch Ballers, by the way, because this is literally what Ballers is about. Does <laughs> so anybody watch Ballers? Listen, to have you watched it? Watch watch ballers? Uh, ballers is so good. I all will watch it on. All the Rocks NFL friends come on. Victor Cruz, when Victor Cruz was good at football, was on the Ballers. <laughs> and then the whole story is literally just about The Rock, who was a washed up NFL player, which he is, kind of helping his friends with their money problems and these guys mm -hmm. who make all this money and don't know what to do with it I, you know it's about entourages and just about friends that aren't friends i mean it's really very well done you convinced me i'll watch it you should watch it it's about football I mean, yeah, it's, football. it's football season very good and the third season matt i don't know if you're there yet i haven't gotten there yet the third season it's literally before the raiders go to Ve uh to vegas and it's about moving a team to las vegas and like oh. how the rocks character is one like an integral part of that it's very cool how many uh, how many seasons uh, were there 
Uh, I don't remember. Uh, I I think there I'm the research department. Look it up. Uh, the Ballers had a lot of seasons. Five seasons. Good call, Matt. Yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Next topic. So NFL preseason games have kicked off, which uh, also brings the end to a tumultuous offseason period. Now to recap. There was Aaron Rodgers getting traded to the Jets, the Giants acquiring Darren Waller, the Bears trading the number one pick to get number one receiver DJ Moore, Sean Payton becoming the head coach of the Broncos, the Ravens finally extending Lamar Jackson, and finally, of course, all the drama behind running backs. So, everyone, what are we going to remember the most about this past NFL offseason? I think the biggest drama, and, and I mean, the biggest story of the offseason is running back gate um, and a complete right turn in the whole concept that i understood of the nfl um the value of running backs i mean like they're all like oh my god give me 10 million dollars that just seems crazy right yeah definitely yeah i mean just the the whole the downfall of the nfl running back i mean it it seems like it's all of a sudden but it it hasn't been like this has going on for a while it's just coming to a head now is the thing it's coming to a head the running backs themselves are starting to speak out and we haven't really seen that too much yet I mean, it's a, it's amazing the fact that I mean, so yes, you're two of the best players from last season, Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, were given franchise tags, and the franchise uh, salary was went down a million or yeah, a whole million dollars in what was it like the last ten years or something like that? Mm-hmm. It, it, maybe not, maybe not yes, quite yeah. ten the years. Only one and it was the value. only one that came down. The only one yeah. that came went down. It didn't just happen all at once, but it no. happened over Todd Gurley's contract. It happened over Ezekiel Elliott's contract. I mean, it just happened. And, you know, you're giving these guys who seem like the, the core of your team. And, you know, Zeke gets outshined by Tony Pollard, who's making a quarter of his money last season. I mean, Tony Pollard had a better season than Zeke did. I think Tony Straight Pollard's... Up. Here's a hot take. I think Tony Pollard's a better running back than Zeke is. I think Tony Ooh. Pollard's a better running back than Zeke. I think Zeke got a little chubby. Yeah, and not just now. I think it's been that way for a while. And now he's Mark's problem, so that's kind of fun. Mark, what is your thoughts about <laughs> Zeke Elliott as a Patriot? I'm really curious about this. Uh, to me, and he also, just... Wait, before you get started, have you seen the memes of him eating hamburgers on the way on the field? Because it makes me laugh. I have not. <laughs> I, that, that, I, I, can pick, I can only imagine that. I can definitely Amazing. picture. Um, now, now Zeke is not going to be the feature back. They got Ramondre Stevenson for that. And it's, I don't know if it's going to be a 50, 50 split. Some, some of the experts are saying that Stevenson is, is going to get more, but I think Zeke is actually going to be used more, a little bit more in the red zone. He's going to be, I he's think so too. He's the more ground and bound. I think actually, I actually think Zeke is going to do pretty well with touchdowns for this year. Uh, that might be a I hot take for, for fantasy wise. I don't disagree. I think you'll have a reasonable over. season. Mm-hmm. Any Stevenson uh, stands Stevenson owners. in fantasy? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Stevenson is probably gonna he's gonna get the touches. He's probably gonna get the yards, but I think Zeke is gonna get the touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zeke. The one stat that Zeke is still really good at compared to other backs in the league is red zone and uh, and mm-hmm. like those and short yardage touchdowns and third yeah. down too. Right. So he's short, like, he's yeah. he's always been applauded for um, for being a, a excellent at pass protection too. Do you think he'll do mm. better on the Patriots than he did on the Cowboys? He can't do much worse than he did last year. <laughs> he did bad last year. He did real I bad. Saying. I saw a, a very disturbing graphic with Zeke, and it was, uh, I told John about this the other night. It was yard, average yards per game, and it just listed what it was uh, every season. 
and it started at over a hundred yards per game in his first season. And then it went to like the nineties, then the high eighties and then like the sixties. And then it's been fifties ever since. But like Mark said, I, I think he maybe, maybe he could find a second life and especially a, a Bill Belichick's team. And I mean, well, whoever the offense coordinator is now, um, the the Patriots have always seemed to be a very old school team in the post. And, and Belichick has always been he 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 doesn't ever want to pay full price for uh, no. for a player. So I mean, he got Zeke really cheap, really yeah. cheap. Like oh yeah, three million, like six million, six million. Six million it's, it's one of those. One year. It's one of for, the, one of those numbers for the pedigree. Less of than Zeke. ten. Yeah. Less than ten. Right. So I actually think in that role, if if he if he is regulated to that short yardage specialist thing, I think he could really excel actually. And I wonder if he's thinking that this is, so he's only signed the one year deal. Maybe he's thinking this is a stepping stone to something bigger. We'll see. Mm. We'll see. John, you disappoint me. I could have, would have sworn you would have said Darren Waller to the getting traded was, was your favorite thing for the off season. I mean, I'm really excited about that, but it's definitely not the story. Mm. No, probably. I mean, not. though the Darren Waller story was really interesting too, because then Darren Waller's story is a comment on how badly uh, the Raiders are getting managed currently. I mean, oh so my god, badly. they just don't want to. I don't know. They don't. They don't <laughs> want a football. No. You just, I don't know. You know, you take me, arguably your best skill player, right? And you say, I know you just got married, but I'm going to trade you. Like that's <laughs> so fucked up. This I want more up. former Patriots. I don't know. Real, real, real quick, Matt. What did you remember from that uh, from the offseason? You know, I, I honestly, it's, it's, it's been a rough year. I have not been really following much. Um, you know, I, I've, I've well, your cousin, your thing. cousin had now has a true number one wide receiver. So that's yeah, true. That's I mean, DJ Moore is kind oh, of a number no. one wide receiver. It's better than no, what he's, he's got. He's, he he's, I, th- I think they're going to have a pretty good year. DJ Moore had yeah. a very bad season. Fantasy season, wise. By the way. Fantasy yeah. wise. He, was, yeah. he didn't have a quarterback. <laughs> His options were Sam Darnold and um, what was Wash, was, no, was in, no touchdowns. Post, Mark. post Jets washed out Sam Darnold too. Wasn't um wasn't Baker on the Panthers for a little bit? Yeah, he went everywhere last year. Where's Johnny yeah, football? What's Johnny football doing? Oh, jeez. God, I think knows. he's in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> 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 Started some retreat. Honest. Honestly, the depth chart in Chicago is better than it was last year, but they know what yes. they have. They look good. I, mean, I bet like, you yeah. they're they're a playoff team, I think, if you on paper. I really like Darnell Mooney. And I mean, obviously, I like you couldn't miss St. Brown. I like the St. Brown brothers a lot. I think they're really yeah. good at football. Yeah, it'll be an, I'm, I'm looking forward to the year. I mean, always a bill, but, you know, now I got to kind of root for the Bears, too. So, <laughs> well, you <laughs> different conference. It's, fine. it's a lot better when you go to a yeah. game and they win, too. <laughs> so yeah, you can root for both until they're in the Super Bowl. To you guys. What's that? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I'm going to try and reach out and I'll try and record some stuff when I'm there and Hell send it yeah. to you guys. That would be awesome. So, you are all anything you send us from the field goes on the socials yeah. right away. Inside correspondent, Matt and Yeah, exactly. I'm hoping. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can we send that to get on the field? Amazing. Or like a hat, you know? If these balls can talk right. correspondent, uh, Matthew Angier here at Soldier Field. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to say hi to my cousin, Justin Fields. Hello, Justin. How are yeah. you doing today? No, I'm doing very well. Uh, excellent. excellent. Justin, what is <laughs> your favorite sports and pop culture podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping to be able to catch, like, meet, you know, get together with them for a little while. 
Because the Just game's be- Sunday. I'm going out on Saturday. So yeah, yeah. that's very cool, man. I hope so. That'll be really I'm hoping. Fun. Justin, can yeah, you give us an if these balls could talk plug? <laughs> <laughs> how awesome would that be everybody this is Hi, Justin, I'm Justin Fields. Fields and this is If These Balls Could Talk and we will literally play that every how episode awesome every episode, episode. <laughs> every single it fucking right? episode it, it'll fucking be our new awesome theme song sorry Steph oh, my, oh, oh my no yeah no no we'll, we'll I'll, just do have to, I'll, like, I'll do the best I can it'll just be If These Balls Could Talk with Mark and John and producer Pete and Justin Fields introducing us we have faith in your ability to make it work we're gonna transform from the previous next topic to the current next topic so another weird story uh saint star uh running back alvin kamara was suspended for the first three games of the 2023 season two weeks ago for violating the personal conduct policy Uh, he was also ordered to complete 30 hours of community service and pay victim darnell green restitution in the amount of one hundred and five thousand one hundred ninety six dollars and 17 cents for medical expenses uh this is after kamara and get this guys if you haven't heard this story, brutally, and I'm, I'm, I'm not even exaggerating, brutally beat him with very little provocation in a nightclub and was caught on camera. Uh, Green has also filed a $10 million lawsuit against him that he'll likely win. And so after reading into this case, I am shocked that uh, Kamara isn't getting jail time. Uh, he was arrested on felony battery charges, but that case has been delayed several times since the charges were filed in October of 2022. Uh, so what do we think about this and the laughable NFL response to clearly problematic behavior? He pled no contest. That's why there's no jail time. He pled no contest. Because he beat a man on camera? And he's like... Yeah, Meh. it was a, a misdemeanor plea, a plea bargain down to a misdemeanor, right? Which is... I believe so, so, yes. Kind of insane that that I was... I think that's that lawyer that talk from my lawyers are better than yours, right? Uh, probably. <laughs> I have more money than you. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that, and so what that what's the NFL like? to, what's the NFL to do for, uh, with that? Like... This is kind of the problem with with Goodell. It's like, oh, well, you did something really shitty, but you didn't really get caught for it. Yeah, I'll just give you a slap on the wrist. Like, yeah. it, it, that's what he did with the whole. I know. Games. Well, that's the thing. What he do, right, did with laughable. the whole sexual abuse thing, too. I mean, remember Ray Rice initially. Ray uh-huh. Rice, you know, bitch slapped uh-huh. that, that girl in the elevator. Two games he got. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know. It's, uh-huh. who, is the, I mean, who is the dude who kicked the girl in the Cream honey, cream, cream honey, girl on the yeah. elevator. He went cream back hunt. and kicked him like a petulant little child. Weren't there allegations against Tyreek Hill too for some kind of abuse? Oh, yeah. Or was that? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 But this is this is a pattern. This is not even a pattern. This is just this is just what's this is how things it are. Is problematic. And it's really across shitty across the board behavior. <laughs> Ray Rice like killed the dude, right? I mean, just like there's nothing they're yeah. doing about any of it. You mean Ray Lewis? Ray Lewis, I mean. Yeah, Ray Lewis. They just don't give a shit. <laughs> just don't care. And I don't know. I don't know what I think about that. I mean, I read and he literally this guy, um, this this guy who Elvin Kamara beat up. Um, he like wanted to get in the elevator, and and Elvin Kamara said no. And the guy just moved his hand. He, I mean, he probably moved his hand aggressively, and because you know they're dudes in a nightclub, but he beat the shit out of him with his yeah. posse. Like, oh my right. god. I'm a little surprised that this actually this story isn't getting more national coverage. How is it not getting legs? It blows my mind. Honestly, he needs to at least miss out on the season, if not his career. I I don't mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just like yeah. the the fact of it is that he did a horrible thing that you're not supposed to do in the general public, and he did it because he's rich. Yeah, and he just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's I mean, a bad and pattern. do we do we know like was there anything that went on earlier? That that just kind of no. culminated from no potentially like no the they man walked away and then came decided back and like, to challenge him 
that is all that happened. The man decided to challenge right, him. But I'm saying, like, earlier in the night, do we know, did those two get into an argument earlier? And then they decided to get back, you know, they met up <laughs> oh, again, and they, here we uh, go. Huh. Oh, now more alcohol or yeah. whatever else is involved. And, and see, the real, the real kick, if you read the... the, the <laughs> I like the, that, whatever the, else. <laughs> the, if you read the deposition, he also was um, quoted as saying some pretty terrible things about, how, oh, look how hard I hit that dude. Look at that sound. Like, really, you mean Kamara? Like, yeah, Kamara. Yeah, so he was gloating oh, yeah. about it. Yeah. He was gloating Just about how bad yeah, he yeah, beat yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was, he was openly admitting that he, what he did, what he did, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which is... Just like, yeah. 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 It blows my mind. Right. Yeah. I mean, how do you not give that kind of behavior like a full season suspension or worse, you know, even yeah. regardless of whether or not they got jail time or not? Because Goodell doesn't care. No, he doesn't. I think he long gone are the, the era where all these NFL players were supposed to be role models for kids and stuff. And maybe they still are. They still are. are right, but, though? right, though. That's the bad right, part. <laughs> Your old models are kicking the shit out of each other in a nightclub. Like. Yeah, a kid in New Orleans who has an Alvin Kamara jersey just learned that it's okay to beat people up if they challenge you. Yeah, or they're completely disillusioned. It's like, well, my hero is a terrible person. You know, both both things. Yeah, he's he's beloved in New Orleans. (laughs) I'm beloved. (laughs) He's 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 on like commercials. Like I remember, uh, uh, I I used to work a a job where it took me down there. He was on a lot of commercials, like on on the TV when down there. Yeah, he, he's, he does a, he does a lot of <laughs> advertisements down in new orleans i bet he does yeah i mean he is a major like three guys on that team before breeze retired him breeze and michael thomas three guys of course you know if he was smoking a joint or if like uh you know there was any reference in that video of him beating the crap out of the guy to that he recently did some kind of sports gambling then he would be suspended indefinitely for the rest of his career <laughs> <laughs> Those are, <laughs> according to Roger Goodell, it's. Good evening. I have next topic for you. In a move that we don't normally talk about, we're going to talk about the status of athletic conferences amongst colleges and universities. More <laughs> specifically, the state of the Pac 12 conference is in flux right now, with so many of their schools jumping ship to other conferences in hopes of financial security. To break it down, the Big Ten will have USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington, and the Big 12 will get Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah in the year 2024. This currently will leave the aforementioned Pac-12 with four teams next year! Other big moves include big pack four. Huh? Yeah, pack four. Uh, yeah. They just face each other like twenty times. <laughs> uh, other other big moves include big football schools and staple Big Twelve staples, Oklahoma and Texas joining the already loaded SEC, which has boasted the national champion in the last four consecutive years and thirteen of the last seventeen years. So, everyone, what should we think of all of these colleges moving conferences? Well, because that, uh, college sports is a, is a business now, and so it is such a business. I mean, they want to they want to be supported, they want to be successful, and they want to make money. So they move because it. Are they even? Um, and I didn't read this story, but are they staying? Um, like kind of geographically significant, nope. or does it nope. even not matter anymore? Doesn't matter anymore. Doesn't matter <laughs> anymore. Yeah. And the, the ACC is potentially like also trying to grab some other. So you in the ACC, you have a team. You have like Duke. And they might be getting someone on the West Coast in their conference. 
So yeah, the geographical thing of uh, of athletic conferences doesn't mean anything anymore. At least in Division One, was any of like the whole you know now players can be paid for image and likeness? No, nope. did that spurn a lot of this or was it's it, all TV money? It's all TV oh, money. So all okay. these schools want to want to essentially get a, their share of these big TV contracts that the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Big Twelve are getting, and the the Pac twelve, which I don't even know if it's going to be called the Pac twelve anymore. The 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 yeah, the 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 person who's in charge of running the Pac-12 was supposed to get one of those big TV contracts too, and they haven't. And mm. all these all these other schools are seeing what's going on in the other conferences, so it's like, well, if you're not going to get it for us, we're going to get it ourselves. Now, one thing that I would like to see is uh, now, especially with the SEC. Now, the SEC, you have the really good teams. You have the Georgias, you have the Alabamas, you have the LSU's. But you also have some some crappy schools like the Mississippi States. And, mm-hmm. and whatnot, but but supposedly there's going to be equal revenue sharing with the TV contract. And I have, I've always been of the, like, you should get whatever you earned for uh, as your payment. Like, if you, if you won one game, do you deserve the same, let's just say it's $20 million. Do you deserve the same $20 million as, you know, Alabama or Georgia, that Georgia who, just, who won the last two national championships? Shouldn't your share be a little less than the really good teams? Uh, that's what I, mean, I, that's what I think it should be. When it comes down to TV, it's just rating anyway, right? So if they're if they won one game, but they have the highest ratings of all the other teams, they're the ones drawing all the viewers and thus drawing the most yeah. money. So so why why does everyone get the equal share? I don't think that makes I sense to me. I'm very confused by all of this. I just want to. <laughs> why? What do you mean? <laughs> well, I mean, it's just it it seems all completely made up, but it is, and and I think that's. The problem i think the problem is there is no rule and so yeah. um if there's the no wild rules, west yeah. if there's no rules the colleges just are trying to do what's best for them and i mean i don't mm-hmm. necessarily blame them for that honestly no i mean they're, they're gonna go where the the best that's up where the money is situation right is, show yeah. me the money <laughs> yeah if there's nothing telling them that they all can't hang out with alabama then why not i would want to hang out with alabama if i got some of alabama's money it's a big <laughs> giant nationally successful for many, many years, sports program. Why would Although Sa- Saban's crying right now because he, you know, all, all of his old tricks don't work anymore. <laughs> well, he can't. I mean, we've been saying this like for at least a year. Yeah. Nick Saban can't just be like, well, guys, I'm Nick Saban. And if you come play for Alabama, you're going to win national championships and you're going to make the NFL. Does this um, create the, the need for the NCAA or, or whatever to be more of an overarching league that controls all these divisions within it. And they don't care. I guess not. (laughs) You know, if you, if you had one entity that creates these divisions that the larger structure dictates these TV deals, then maybe that would be, you could avoid a mass exodus of a conference. Think about this. So we're going to, we're going to move kind of shift to baseball. Let's say the Yankees didn't want to be in the AL East anymore. And they look at the AL central. Cause you know, they'd be the first place they'd be team. In the playoffs. Like <laughs> we want to play in the AL central now. Like I'm, that's essentially what's going on. Yeah. In, I know, in college that, sports. But you have the MLB is a well-established organization that will tell the Yankees. No, you can't do that. You're staying in the East. Potentially. There's a commit like, I mean, is there, isn't there a commissioner or someone like there's no single entity organization that has the authority to keep these teams in place. So they're just going to Well, move. the NCAA could definitely put their foot down with all these moves, but they're not. They're just like, yeah, do what, so, you, ever, do what yeah, you guys why, want. Why aren't they? As they don't. Well, 
they don't care because they know they know that they know that there'll be more money if all these big moves happen i mean just imagine if every team was the yankees i mean every one of these colleges is well then they'd all be in last place that's right where is it where is that it's not even supposition i can't even argue with it i can't do the finger guns and the soundboard at the same time Hey, hey, I got an next topic. Hey, Mark's going to be excited. In a continued marketing campaign for my favorite human, Aaron Rodgers, the Jets signed star running back Dalvin Cook. Cook has not yet arrived with the team uh, as he is preparing for the birth of a child, but he is, uh, the team itself is very excited. Michael Carter um, on the team saying that they couldn't even get this good on Madden. And so while <laughs> having an injury-filled 2022-2023 season... <sighs> Cook has rushed for more than a thousand yards four times and is a clear top talent. Uh, what do we think about this pickup and our thoughts on the Jets' playoff hopes? Have they increased or decreased? Because uh, I know Mark just asked this question. I mean, I think that their playoff chances have kind of stayed the same with getting Dalvin Cook. I mean, Dalvin, he's certainly not the player that he used to be. The whole reason why NFL running backs are getting uh, not as much money, right? Isn't he still fairly young, though? Yeah, I'll... I'll all I guess running backs matter, are yeah. fairly young. Right, They're all younger yeah. than we are. So, but it, well, yeah. <laughs> Dalvin Cook is twenty-eight. Pete. He's twenty. Okay. Yeah. I thought I was thinking he was twenty-six. Okay. That that yeah. Those, those two. Oh, years. that two years. Oh <laughs> God. Yeah, he is young, but not that young. <laughs> if you said about to the pasture, he's twenty-eight. Yeah. Oh God. If you listen you sound to like an NFL owner, Pete. You sound like an NFL owner. Anyway, so they still have Brees Hall now. Brees Hall did tear his ACL, right? I think it was a knee injury last yeah, year. Yeah, ACL. And uh, he's, I don't know, he's hes probably not going to play the first few games, and then he's not going to be full strength for a while. Mm-hmm. So Dalvin Cook is definitely going to fulfill uh, a pretty big hole in their lineup, and he'll, you know, I guess he'll become Aaron Rodgers' best friend. Even with yeah. his terrible, I mean terrible, his less than Dalvin Cook style last season performance, Dalvin Cook's a top five for me. I mean, he still Ooh. scored me a ton of fantasy points in Dynasty last just season. I'm not 100% sure he's a top five back anymore. You don't think so? Top I'm 10. Not, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know about top five. I mean, five. he's a top 10 for sure. Top but. 10. Yeah, I give him top 10. Maybe not top five. Yeah. But. yeah. What do you I think, mean, he's, he, he'll certainly get used, I think. Hmm. Would you Would you draft Allen Cook I'd on the Jets? Yeah. 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 Me too. What, what round uh-huh. what, would you draft him, though, you think? Later, probably, you know, see, <laughs> he's still around seven or eight. Seven or eight. Seven he's or wow, that, that is a big drop. Seven, he's long. Dalvin Cook. Jesus uh, Christ. You know, you're in a keeper league. You got a lot of, you know, a lot of people. Mark and I have both had yeah. Dalvin in the Chipmunks teams. So, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah yes. we're not, we're not far removed from him being a first round, like, guarantee. Dalvin Cook used to be my, he was my number one draft pick. For like three years in a row. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, there was a while there where he was sure thing, like a sure thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, those four seasons where he ran a thousand yards, right? Yeah. Um, and and yeah, he caught a lot right. of balls. I don't know. This feels to me. That's the reason I brought it up. It feels like a very Yankees move. It feels like the shiniest guy available, right? And then that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're just surrounding Aaron Rodgers with the shiniest guy oh, yeah. available. And so it's... It is clear to me that they want to win a Super Bowl, and, and it is not clear to me whether or not they're good enough to win a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Say, oh, they're definitely it, not good enough to win a no, Super Bowl. I don't think is they all, are. Is Slow all down, this going to work? No. I don't think it is. Right. Be yeah, above I don't, 500, but that's... Yeah, no. they'll probably be above 500. Yeah, I agree. I think maybe, 10, maybe they might 10 take wins. Second 10, place. 11 wins. 
No, I don't think they're going to take second place. The problem, so. again, Yankee-style sports, the problem with doing sports this way is you take the ball away from the, the I mean, the kind of exciting, young, like, cool thing they were doing, right? Like the Brees Hall thing and the, well, you know. Yeah. The, the Michael Carter thing. Like, those guys don't get the ball as much because you're busy with Aaron Rodgers and Dalvin Cook who are about to die. I'm definitely more scared of Brees Hall than <laughs> Delvin Cook right now. But, right, you should be. But, I mean, you should I mean, be. That said, we weren't going to get full Brees Hall for the first probably three, four weeks of the season. Yeah, that's at, true. At, that's true. At least anyway. I mean, I it, it, it does feel a little bit like a replacement player. The problem, I think, is that if Dalvin Cook is Dalvin Cook for the first four weeks of the season, when Brees Hall comes back, does he start? Is he the first yeah. guy? Yeah. You play the hot mm-hmm. hand. You sure. play the right. hot hand. Play the hot hand. I mean, you're not going to tell Dalvin Cook if he's scoring touchdowns to stop running the ball. Plus, Brees Hall is, is definitely and, and, like when he comes back, yeah. he's not going to be full strength. Yeah, like running backs, it just well, they might yeah. be healthy enough to play. With the exception right. of Adrian Peterson, a lot of running backs they probably take two years after <laughs> yeah. tearing their ACL to come back. Yeah. Peterson was a freak of nature for that. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is more of a question for Matt, but I mean, you guys can chime in too. Which cook is going to get more yards and, and uh, stats? Ooh, Dalvin, ooh, Dalvin, ooh, Dalvin, Dalvin, yeah. James. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I think Dalvin's got that. Yeah. Oh, baby, baby cook is not is... down. Well, mm. I, w- I would say that, but if Brees Hall does come back and kind of take over then and nope. Dalvin kind of becomes RB2. <laughs> Do you really think Buffalo is going to use James Cook? I think a lot yeah. more than last year, yeah. He's, he's well, our RB1. Well, that wouldn't take much. <laughs> no. <laughs> Here's the ball a second time, sir. Yeah. Yeah. No, Plus I, they got I, Damian Harris. They, they do. do. I think Harris is going to be more. Well, I don't know. Harris is Harris is sneaky good. Like he's faster than yeah. you think he is, and yeah, he's going. He's going to take over the says, number one spot. I think so. Harris is. You think? Oh yeah. I I think it's a one A one B. I really think it's a <laughs> yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah 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 the three the three <laughs> running plays we run each game. Hey, and don't three count out like I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, they have three plays, but two of them go to Josh Allen. So they have that one running back play. That's true, yeah, right. It's yeah, a one one. Dive, usually HB dive, dive right up the middle. Don't out, count right? out the oldest running back left in the NFL, Latavius Murray, who's also on the Bills right now. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Oh, Actually, I had a really good preseason Murray. game, but it was preseason, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> so did Matt Barkley, <laughs> right? Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's yeah, not gonna I, get anything. <laughs> I remember, I remember the last the last game that EJ Manuel appeared in a Buffalo Bills uniform was a final preseason game where he had a the perfect quarterback rating one fifty eight point three, but it was the preseason, and then he was cut. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, well, that was that was Josh Allen's rating or uh, Justin Fields' rating the one fifty eight three. Three passes, <laughs> but Fields did that against like the other team is probably mostly starters, which is a big difference. Mm-hmm. Pete didn't uh, a name that you love to bring up, CJ Spiller, didn't he have like an eighty-yard touchdown run in the preseason once? Uh, well, <laughs> Spiller actually had a an All-Pro <laughs> season or two, but the problem what? was he did. There was a season where he literally had like fourteen hundred yards and like over ten touchdowns. Was that in your mind? No. <laughs> Look up uh, two. Th- it was either two thousand. I don't remember or 12. that. I don't remember that. Hey, you! I got next topic. Matt, you're gonna love this topic. Uh, it was announced this week that after the WWE and UFC merger becomes official, that Vince McMahon will stay on as a majority shareholder and a member of the board. But Triple H and Dana White will not, according to multiple sources. 
Now, the merger will, could be finalized as early as next month. So, everyone, do we see any changes to the WWE after the merger with UFC's parent company, Endeavor? That's happening. I'm so excited. Yeah. Very soon. They've, they've already lost Ronda Rousey. He's going back. Really? Right. For now. I think she's yeah, going to I think she's. Yeah, I think she should go and stay. stay uh, you away. know what? Actually, it's boring this, to watch. <laughs> uh, well, she. I mean, she, they, they, they. Because people were booing her, they wanted to turn her into heel, and she wasn't a very good heel. Like she was, but she wasn't because she can't do a mic. Oh, she has no personality. Uh, but uh, I think she should come back. And Amanda Nunes also just retired. I mm-hmm. think they need to do that in a few yeah. years. Uh, you're going to see more. You're going to see more of that. You're going to yes. see a lot more. There's going to be a lot of crossover. Over. Yep. Mm. You know, it's it's just it's smart money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Where do they cross I, I over there? McMahon not be touching a lot of this stuff, but um, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of this. It's we were talking about before, Pete. It's a lot of the same skill sets. I mean, they it, do a lot. It of is, but in the UFC, they're actually hitting each other. Very I mean, in, hard. In, in the WWE, they're hitting each other pretty hard. But they are, yeah, the right. But not as not, hard. Not as hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They you, just they just it, attempted a uh, UFC like style fight with uh, Basler they did. and, they and did. Rousey, and that was awful. It did not go well. Yeah, yeah it did not go it well was at just, all. It, that had the potential to be so good. Yeah. Just because it was like, okay, we know these guys can take hits. Let them do what they want to do. And if you're trying to cross this over, do you do do this in a UFC set of rules or WWE situation? Like, and what's harder for each one to cross over? Like these WWE. It's much easier for UFC to cross over to WWE. I was going to say, because right. They're like, what? Oh, I'm not actually going to get a guaranteed two black eyes and a broken jaw and a a shattered nose. This is better than a. And and going back to Rousey, she was complaining that wrestling was fake. It's like, well, yes. (laughs) You you didn't know that? But the other other thing is, like, you're doing this. Yeah, you're doing this because you want to stay alive. Like, yeah. Right, yeah, those are insane. Paid and you were getting paid so much more money, so much more money. <laughs> yeah. Did mm-hmm. you guys see Fighting with My Family? I did. I really enjoyed that movie. That like, was a, a good lot. movie. I was impressed with that. That was a good movie. And um, so Pete, Fighting with My Family follows the rise of a WWE career, like literally from when she was like race, wrestling in undercards, and and she became a became a wrestler. She actually got discovered by um The Rock, and there's a whole bunch of things. It was very cool. Mm, cool. But anyway. In in that they talk about um, the penalty when you when you try to do a fake move and you hit for real and you hurt for real and they get slapped across the face when you hit for real, and I mean mm. that's the kind of thing where they're trying to do glancing blows but they don't always because it's hard. It's oh, hard. Of course, there's going to be accidental, and I mean that's what they sign up for. They 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 know what they're getting into. I'm sure. Who uh, wasn't it? Um, Bianca Belair who got a black eye when she won her title. She got hit in the face yes. for real. Oh, uh, like a bad black eye, like her eye swelled up, like, oh, yeah, but like boxing and, um, match kind of black eye. And somebody, yeah. uh, somebody broke their wrist recently, wasn't that, um, uh, Charlotte Flair, right? Char- Charlotte Flair just got hurt for real, yeah. I think that's uh, what I, don't know. I, know I don't she, know about that one, yeah. Somebody just yeah. got hurt for real, and no, I mean, that's what happens, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's well, and Bezer, oh, yeah, all, I mean, all the time, Bezer came out of that right. match with black eyes, yeah, even you know? an acted um, scripted thing just the nature of what they're doing is still extremely dangerous. Oh, absolutely. 
And it's, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot different than what it was back in like the 60s and the 70s you know I'm when really it enjoying. was more I'm of a show. It's really a more of an athletic enjoying, conference. Really yeah. enjoying Logan Paul. A lot, actually. I hate that I am, too. <laughs> I hate that I, I am. really I'm, hate that I am. I'm really enjoying him. So Logan yes. Paul, Pete, is a, uh, he's a, he's an influencer. And he just decided that he wanted to be a wrestler. And so he does these crazy, dangerous, athletic things. And he's like, this is great. And he's gotten on WrestleMania now. He's like literally jumping off of t- tall ladders onto people. And it's just really fun. Hmm. Look at uh, he nice. did, they had the Royal Rumble spot where they jump him and one other guy jumped from the top rope Cross. and collided in the middle of the oh, ring. Whoa. You know, but but huh. he's also has gotten hurt pretty much every big match he's had. Did he blow an ACL? Oh, oh I don't know about that. Body. I, I, I don't know, but but he he does go all in. That is one good all thing in. as to why mm-hmm. hey, he's he's a, he does what Brock Lesnar does. Like like mm. Brock Lesnar wants people to actually punch him and kick him, <laughs> but he's Brock Lesnar. <laughs> the guy, the man is just pure muscle, right? Yeah. Just bounces Logan right Paul off. Is not <laughs> Braun Strowman did that to him one year. Yeah, something I can't remember. He he got him, you know, for real, and Brock like. So put him Pete down. Logan Paul like art. Has, a, has a twin brother. His name is Jake. He's a professional boxer. And so, mm-hmm. and they're both influencers. The they're both worthless are, human beings. They're both worthless human yeah. beings. Can't stand them. Like, I don't think Logan uh, Paul, by the way, is actually playing a role. He's just being himself. I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. Yeah, there's there's no acting there. <laughs> right. Oh, He's just like, I'm a douchebag, bro. Sweet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can do that. Seriously. Yeah. King of the douches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were watching um wrestlemania at, at matt's house and uh logan paul is coming in for his wrestlemania spot and uh he comes in with uh he is uh he's running a uh a, an energy drink company and so he comes in with like a big energy drink guy and the energy drink guy i'm like matt and i are like that guy that's his buddy that guy's gonna join the match and he did mm-hmm. it's like you've seen yeah. wrestling before john like i've seen right. wrestling before <laughs> right <laughs> We know what to, what to expect. Yeah. Didn't he zip? Didn't he zip line in? It's <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like oh, wait. You, you want me fun. to be in the match? Oh no, I couldn't. Oh, zip line. Like that's yeah. all set up for him. Right? Mm-hmm. What's the oh, big stunt all, you have me doing? Right. All yeah. the lights in the arena just happened to be pre-programmed to match his intro song that he picked out beforehand. Mm-hmm. Even though this was a very candid thing. Mm. <laughs> right. I don't know. I hope it goes well. I think Amazing. that that is a good business decision, honestly. So, yeah. so one one th- reason why Triple H isn't on the board is they uh, they, they actually think that's going to be a good thing, uh, so that he can concentrate more on on being the head of creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I so uh, I do have the list of which uh, most of these people are probably not going to be known, but it's it's half of WWE. Well, I'm sorry. So there's four members on WWE and six from Endeavor. That mm. looks like more than six. Uh, supposed to, it's supposed to be an eleven-person board. So there's one more person that they think might come from WWE. That makes sense for just a s- similar majority for the buyer. Mm-hmm. Matt, you'll recognize some of these WWE names. I mean, Vincent McMahon is one of them. Nick Khan is another. Mm-hmm. Nancy R. Tellum. That's a that's a WWE board member. And then Stephen R. Coonan. Coon. I've heard of Coonan before. I don't, I don't remember where, from where though. Mm. And there's a there's a, someone on Endeavor. That's his name is Jonathan Kraft. I don't know if it's the same craft as the Patriots, huh. Jonathan Kraft. Oh, okay. 
I don't think it is, but I could be wrong. It's, he seems yeah. he's, it says he's 59. It's, that's about the same age as Jonathan Kraft, too, I think, on the Patriots, but I could be wrong. Is he related to Robert? Yeah, that's Robert's uh, son. Right, okay. Well, the Jonathan Kraft on the Patriots is, is Robert Kraft's son. Gotcha. By the power of next topic. <laughs> next topic. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, there continues to be discussion, and I've actually I've rolled this over a couple times, so Pete will be happy. Uh, there continues to be discussion about the conditions at this previous Super Bowl and the slippery turf. Uh, owners have been asking the league why the playing surface was so slippery, and the NFL has responded by blaming the players, stating they wore the wrong cleats. Uh, Eagles pass rusher, Payson Reddick, called it the worst <laughs> surface he's ever played on, and the consensus from the Eagles is that the, with the right conditions, their league-leading defense would have overwhelmed Kansas City. Um, so what is our take on the state of the field in Arizona, and is this just the Eagles being sore losers? The players wore the wrong cleats. Isn't that ridiculous? That Isn't is that the like, most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. That, that's like when the iPhone came out and nobody could get any service, and they just yelled at all the consumers saying, you're holding it wrong. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I mean, they, I, I think they, they looked at this. this. It was definitely like brand new saw that they put down. Because it was it was real it was real grass right or was it I don't yeah. think it was what a, yeah what was it oh, okay so yeah what Arizona does is they have it to where they bring it, it like, in right oh. yeah like the the field actually like rolls out into the parking lot and there's nothing going on and then kind of you know whatever it does you know and then when the games come then they they roll it back in it's like it's weird oh, wow. my, my my aunt and uncle huh. live out there and they've they've seen it. And it's just, it's very interesting. It, it's, so I don't know. Like, I, I mean, it definitely was crappy field. After, after halftime, did you mm. see the big pile of cleats? Like, literally, it was like a joke. Yeah. It was just oh, a big wow. and all And all the crap just on the field. You, you just yeah. see, yeah. like, see it. Now, mm. was it the reason the Eagles lost? Probably not. I mean, the, no, the, I, I don't the, believe that part. But yeah, as far the as Chiefs had to, getting, had, were on the field, too. So, yeah. Right, yeah. but it, but if all of them unanimously complained about getting potentially getting hurt or slipping or it could being a danger, that I can get behind. And I mean, they all did. Yeah, slip yeah, and yeah. Yeah. Um, could, yeah. I mean, it was obvious. There's so many plays where the person could have broke out and then they're mm -hmm. just on the ground. You know, they're they're slip or trip or all those little dumb like cross route touchdowns that the Chiefs scored, where it seemed. Like it seemed like the Eagles were playing poorly. I mean, maybe that's something that is a result of bad field. Maybe we're not going to know that. I, I don't think. I, don't but I just don't know. Well, that pass interference call wasn't the result of a field. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> this kind of <laughs> comes to mind. A broader question then is why are there not tighter standards for the league that seems to control so many things uh, so tightly? Why are there not better field standards and controls that's in, a good in all these stadiums? That's a great question. Why are they using like I'm pretty sure this was brand new saw that they were using too, and mm. not the one that they've been using like all year. Okay. So I mean, because they, you know, it's the Super Bowl. They want everything to be shiny and new. Sure. So but maybe that was part I, of the problem. Well, that's the thing, and I I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL did have control about that. It's like no, we want like the new field because this is the Super Bowl. Yeah. Who who knows? Who knows what the real story is? I don't know why. I don't, know. I don't. I don't know why all the fields just don't use that next turf now. It's because I mean uh, that players, seems to be players still prefer grass over that too, though. Yeah, because it's not real grass. No, but I don't know. I like it. Yeah, have you ever ran on the next turf? I'd love to try it. 
so in high school, our track and field was kind of made out of similar stuff, like like the the black tar or uh, rubber pellets. Yeah, they go bite in, in the air. Yeah, so our, our our track and field was kind of like that, and the sprinters hated it because it was slower. But distance runners and mid distance, oh, we loved that shit because you just it was so cushy. You, you got a good pair You're of spikes. Cushy. You got a good pair of spikes in it. You just kind of sunk into it and bounced. It was like so easy on your your knees. So in that sense, you're easy on the knees, right? I can imagine that mixed <laughs> with the right. Ooh. <laughs> I can't Ooh. continue. <laughs> Ooh. You might That's need to cut rough. that out. You might need to cut that out. Cut that one out. Too spicy. <laughs> when if, if these, these balls, balls could, could talk, talk, it's at night. <laughs> after dark. After but we are dark. we are after dark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> More after dark. I can't get over it. Uh. What are we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on. I don't know. I think I'm broken. <laughs> Some other case in points, though, to it. <laughs> We've lost John. We've yeah. broken him. <laughs> to, to try to get this back on the rails, though, in addition to last season's Super Bowl, I mean, you have the, the Hall of Fame game, right, which was just canceled straight up last year because of bad field conditions. Um there was a lot of complaints when they played in Mexico city, uh, the couple times they've done that with the turf there being subpar. I, I think that that caused a lot oh, of they things. just did. I think, didn't they use but, the same turf as a soccer game that was played uh, the day before? I think so. It was, it was pretty bad, <laughs> Oof. but this is right. The super, this super bowl is not an isolated incident here. There's a, and I mean, um, actually, and for it to it, isn't MetLife stadium. I think is, yeah. is a real problem. Even more what? reason to just have next turf on all the fields. I mean, come on, you can't do what anything to that. Really. Life, the, I've heard uh, a lot of players complaining about the turf there too, but I haven't heard as much of that. I'd like to hear that from Giants and Jets players, though. Yeah, like what do they I think about know. it? I don't think I've heard that, but it, I also don't think it doesn't matter. I think that it is. You are right. I think that's a across the board issue, and I don't think it's controlled enough. And mm. for it to go wrong so badly wrong at the Super Bowl, I think is a real problem. Absolutely. All those people watching. I mean, you just look silly, right? I mean, and it's so the whole world is watching the Super Bowl and you're like, wow, what's wrong with everyone? Aren't these professionals? I don't got a next topic. So I've come to terms that I am doing a sports podcast with multiple New York sports fans. And as most of us know, and as most of us know, John is a New York Yankees fan. Now, it was recently announced. No worry, I'm not going to talk about this year's Yankees. It was recently announced that Derek Jeter would make an appearance at the next old Yankees day, which would be celebrating the 25th anniversary of the 1998 World Championship team, which some experts are saying were, was the best team ever. So, everyone, but mainly John, what were our favorite memories of the 1998 New York Yankees team? Besides and the World go. Series? Besides the world, just in, in general, talk talk about your Yankees, John. Just go. I mean, I think that that <laughs> yeah. talking to the mic, John. Yeah, <laughs> so you. I was looking at something. I think that that team was fun because it, it was the first time in a long time that they were good, and then then they were really good, and then they were really good for a while, and they had they were really hard to beat. I mean, and there was a stat um, about the late '90s Yankees that if you were losing to them. In the sixth inning, no one won. It was like a, a less than 10% chance to win if you were losing yep. to them in the sixth inning, wow. which is incredible when you think about it. And because what they did really well is what they're not doing now 
They played small ball, they scored runs, and they had good bullp- a good bullpen. They had the best bullpen. The best bullpen. Who was the seventh inning guy? I don't remember, because it was Moe in the eighth and Wetland in the ninth. Who was the seventh inning guy? Well, Moe could... Moe was still coming off of his I'm a starting pitcher, so he yeah. was doing more than one. Um, okay. I don't remember the long relievers. I can look it up. Um, but... Wasn't Jeff Nelson? Was it Jeff Nelson? Was he on the uh, team? Jeff Nelson, right? That was the guy. Mm. How and do so I Jeff- know the Yankees more than better than you? Come on, <laughs> I am very old. <laughs> you just, Mark, your your brain is a sponge for sports. That's why I've always paid attention to what the Yankees are doing because they're the most they're the the rival to the Sox. So. Know thy enemy, mm-hmm. right? Know exactly. thy enemy. I mean, watching Jeter and Paul O'Neill and Bernie Williams, and I mean these guys, right? Andy Pettit, like Andy Pettit, right? Any pennant had the best pickoff move probably in baseball. And that's, Pettit, name, that's the name even I know, and I did not follow the 1998 Yankees. Right. And he would just, you just pick off everybody. You just pick off everybody. And I think there's a stat that Andy Pennant has the best playoff pitching record ever. Yep. Ever. Well, I don't know. I don't, well, I think he has the most wins. I don't know if he has the best, like, overall record, but he definitely has the most playoff wins. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, just like, this team, and I think he had the best stare from the pitchers. He did mount. have the best stare, mm-hmm. and like, like even like that '98 team where Scott Brocious is new on the team and he catches that pop up, and this is the joy on his face, right? And that was just a, a simple, just like a pop up to third base. Like he's just like, oh my god, we're gonna win! Holy shit! And for them, um, before that team, they hadn't won in a while, and for them to win on the heels of. Don Mattingly leaving on the heels of Buck Showalter leaving. I mean, it was it was just a really cool time to be a Yankee fan. <laughs> Poor Buck Showalter. Poor Buck Showalter. That team was. I mean, they had the, a bunch of homegrown talent, but they did. Uh, they did. They did have some big. David Wells and Mike Stanton. They did have some big free agents yeah. as well. You know, that was just the perfect mix of. Of players, right? Jesus Christ, was I a Tino Martinez fan? What year did he win the home run derby, Mark? Was it 98 or was it 2000? I don't know about that. I want to say, I don't think it was, I actually wanted to say it was 90. Oh, no, that was, 99 was in Boston. So it probably was 2000. I don't think he won in 98. He was just at the the new opening of the Dicks up in Latham. Was he really? Oh, and and that's open again? Or was it Paul O'Neill? One of them. One of those guys was there. Whoa, and that's uh, a big deal. Barkley, Saquon Barkley was there. What? Holy shit. Yeah, Why were, they, oh, we should have been there. John, this is what happens when you go on vacation. <laughs> yeah, they just had a, they had a brand, this, like a reopening, and they had all these. I, I, I saw that. I, I know where the big new store is. Was, was this when we were both yeah. gone? That's This was when we were both gone. Bad timing. Yeah. They should have waited for us to come back. You should have held this, this question for when Steph came on. Because Steph and I would have went off. This is when Stephanie was a big Yankee fan. They announced that Jeter was going to be at Old Timers Day. Do you want me to go or, grab yeah, yeah, Old Yankees Day. This is the first first time <laughs> in a while that he's been at the stadium. I might have said this on the show, but I've definitely told this to you guys. I watch, I listened to that whole, whole um, uh, Hall of Fame induction speech, and that man is still quality. Like, really, hmm. just like talking about his family, talking about his team, just like talking really humbly about really enjoying his time in baseball, which is awesome. It was awesome. Possibly one of the most famous baseball players that have played in the last 20 years. And he's just like, yeah, this is cool. This is kind of fun. <laughs> well, it was cool to be Derek Jeter back then, right? 
It's still cool to be Derek Jeter. It's still pretty cool to be Derek Jeter. I could imagine. It's still pretty so. cool to be Derek Jeter. He's just like, he's just like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll own a baseball team for a little while. <laughs> it's fine. Let's do that. <laughs> then the board is like, we don't want you to do a Derek anymore. And he's like, that's fine too. I don't care. Whatever. I'm just going back to my hot model wife. Hot right. model wife. Yeah. I always did like him just because, and I, I'm not a Yankee fan by any means. But I did always like Jeter just because he... Even those years we beat you guys? Yeah, I mean, he was just... He was a he was a professional. His personal life was his personal life. He kept it separate. Yeah. You never heard garbage about him in the background or what he... You know, he did this in the offseason. He did that. He was just a solid guy. Do you think he would be able to do that in today's, today's society with social media and all that? Would he be able to do that like he did in the <sighs> 90s? Probably not, right? Probably not. I, I, I think he'd, he'd do a good job at trying, but there's got there would be things that squeak out. I mean, nobody's nobody can hide everything now. It's just there's too many people with cameras. Too many people. This is the final topic. Leave it to me. It's comic book movie weekend, you guys. And so uh, Blue Beetle releases this weekend and folks are saying it is much more MCU-like and easily the best DCEU film in quite some time. Uh, This is the second to the last film before the reboot of The Gunverse. And it follows, I'm going to try to get this right, Zolo Maranduna from Cobra Kai playing Jamie Reyes. Um, Are you guys going to see Blue Beetle? Um, Jamie and I have already purchased our tickets. We're going on Saturday. And do you think DC will continue to cast young, relevant actors to bring us fun, less gritty storylines? This is the first. Yeah, this is the first movie in a while that people have excited to see a DC movie, right? Mm -hmm. And it's such a random character, too, which is cool. He's really not. Um, Blue Beetle is... um, Part of Young Justice, um, he was in all of the Young Justice, Justice League cartoons. Um, okay. Really, the thing that the DC Universe does very, very well is it does its animated series very well. And it always has, right? You you guys watch Batman Beyond. You guys watch Batman the Animated Series. I mean, we've watched these shows, and they've been going on right. for 20, 30 years. Um, oh, Super so, Friends, remember that? Super Friends, right? Yeah. Um, DC... See, the Zack Snyder DC-verse, the DCEU in its current state, was really gritty and really rough and really hard-hitting for almost no reason. And they forgot they're making comic book movies. And I think Blue Beetle and and Suicide Squad and and the things that came out of the second Suicide Squad movie are the first reminders that, wow, we're kind of just here to be silly and, and make something that people like to watch. Definitely. I, I mean, the, the uh, I, were you thinking of Shazam? Is that the other one you were thinking of, John? No. Um, okay. Keeper. The Peacemaker. That's what I was thinking. Oh, of. Peacemaker. 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 Yeah. Jesus, I liked Peacemaker. Oh, that, was that, show is, that was great. Right. That show is great. And by the way, is it really called the Gunverse? Or are you coining that? I, I, I coined that. The You're coining that. Hashtag yes, Gunverse. Gun hashtag okay. Gunverse. That's in <laughs> the hashtags. <laughs> in Gun uh, We Trust, I mean, right? Yeah, I, I actually um, I, I haven't decided whether or not uh, whether I'm going to see the movie in theaters or not, but it does look pretty good. It does yes. look pretty good. And George Lopez is in it. So that will yes. provide some additional oh, comic yeah. relief. Yes. So Zola Martinez, or Marindula, that is, is um, he's been in every season of Cobra Kai. What I really like is that he definitely knows martial arts. So he's going to be doing a lot of his own stunts. Um, mm, cool. And he's, you know, he's a, he's like just kind of a very interesting, charismatic kid. And um, the Marvelverse, right, has taught us that Tom Holland can hold carry a movie, that um, Iman Vellani can carry a movie, and and then they're picking like 
young, interesting actors and actresses are really what these movies maybe need. Yeah, yeah we'll did see. You, did anybody watch Cobra Kai? I know Mark didn't because he doesn't have Netflix oh, yeah. like a monster. Oh. Like a monster. Although Mark, I've, seen, uh, I've seen four seasons of Cobra Kai without having a Netflix subscription. Really? Yeah. How did that happen? Mm. Mm, Matt, it sounds like you did too. Uh, yeah, we're, we've watched all of them. We, we, we binge the seasons the day they come out. They're so good, Pete. Burn it's so right stupid. Them. It's, it's a, so stupid, and it shouldn't be as good as it is. And it is as yes. good as you. Th- it's as good as it should be, right? And you're like, "How is this good?" Right? I believe yeah. you. Right? Yeah. I was gonna say if I didn't have as large of a backlog of stuff that I do, then what's really interesting is that some of the characters, so like Ralph Macchio's wife, is like, "Why are we doing karate battles again?" Yeah. yeah. And she like <laughs> understands that what's going on in this universe is ridiculous. She's like, so this she's is so stupid. Like actual fourth wall breaking right there. What she's not talking. No, she's it's not talking wall, to Ralph yeah. Macchio, right? She's okay. talking to Daniel. She's like, uh, Daniel, no more karate battles. So mm, towing yeah, the line yeah. of the fourth line, fourth wall. Yes, okay. Yeah. I, like she, I mean, that. she's she's definitely doing like commentary of what's going on. Sure. Like you would in real life if there were just random karate battles. <laughs> right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, right. Her kids come. <laughs> her daughter comes home with black eyes. She's like, "Have you been in another karate battle?" <laughs> she's like, "Yes, mom." That's amazing. They're like getting fights at the mall right. and at school. Like the end of the second season of Cobra Kai, right? Pete? Really? Who they does literally? This? They literally spend a whole episode doing a interschool Cobra Kai versus the, 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 the Miyagi-Do, Miyagi-Do in the oh. school. Oh, That's no. amazing. It's so fun. It's ridiculous. Isn't the third season, they, they do it at the house, right? Or is it the fourth season or whatever? They, yeah, they, they have this big brawl in the house. That's cool. It's, it's worth a, watching. It's a great show. Yeah, I think I at least need to see like a highlight reel of, of this show. You should watch, the first you should watch a breakdown on YouTube because it's amazing. All the best there's, fights from Cobra Kai. There's a guy I like on YouTube. A little shout out. Man of Recaps. I'll see if he has something. He's he's really Man of good. Recaps has everything. He does. So that's how I saw the first two seasons, by the way, because they were uh, not on Netflix. The first two seasons. They were actually on YouTube mm. TV. Oh, OK. There you go. So that's how I was able to see the first two, but Gosh, they, with regards to the third and the fourth one, I think I, uh, I think I did that whole like one month free subscription thing. Nice. Mm. Gotcha. You know who's really good at William Zabka too. I think William Zabka and Ralph Macchio are just really happy to be acting again. Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's like you're gonna pay us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, pretty much is- all the act, all the actors that came from the the original movies, right? Like they they've done a good yeah. job of bringing back a lot of the original actors. Yes. They have. I'm amazed. So anytime, that. anytime they do a really like a really deep cut callback, they'll spend like five minutes of the episode showing you clips from the yes, old movies from the old movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, they they really just put the old footage in there. Yeah. Well, it's like remember oh, when even, this happened. Oh. It's like a flashback. <laughs> is a, is it's it like a Family Guy cutaway? <laughs> it's like a Family Guy cutaway. <laughs> you know, it's funny too because some That's of so the good. flashbacks weren't even in the movies. They must have been like cuts oh, or extra, extra, extra footage. Scenes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. They do a lot with Miyagi. That I really like Tanner Buchanan too. I think Tanner Buchanan is a really good young actor. I like a lot mm-hmm. of the people that they cast for that show. I I, I can't stand his, the kid that casted for his son though mm. uh, I think they could have casted what? better Daniel's son yeah yeah that kid's a pain in the ass yeah, but <laughs> I, that, don't really, that, I think really, he's supposed to be wait <laughs> but Daniel's really son's like, son yeah Daniel's son's son 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like the kid that they that he like bullied that that they got for Cobra Kai. That was mm. that kid was good. He's, he's okay. good. And then I've heard I've heard rumors that he was possibly going to be in the live action Miles Morales. Play Miles Morales. What Tom Holland has taught us is that if you're a real gymnast, you can be Spider Man. Yeah, being a gymnast certainly helps. I mean, he does a lot of his stunts, and he's funny. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's dating Zendaya. I was going to say for Spider Man, then if if that helps, can we just put Simone Biles in the Spider Man suit? (laughs) I mean, just have her have her do all the stunts. So we already have a spider. We already have a Spider Gwen. Super fast bonus topic. Simone Biles is back. And it's pretty cool. She uh, she kicks some ass in a legit we competition. About, we already talked about this twice, Pete. And I know she did. But we already talked about it twice. No, within the last week, though, she just competed. Yeah, she's doing really well. Since, I mean, since, just we, to, since we've done a show. I know, but since we've done a show, she actually competed and did really well. So that was very cool to see. Yeah, that's awesome. So that has been our 10 topics. We would like to thank our guests for joining us uh, this week. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Please subscribe to us on this very YouTube channel and follow or like us on our socials at If These Balls Pod on X, Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> and now Threads. That's our, so web- our website is www.ifthesballscouldtalkpod.com. This is Mark Pesci, and for my partner, John Campania, and producer Pete Steffen, that's what we feel they would say if these balls could talk. See ya. Be well, everyone. Bye. Oh, you did it this time. <laughs> if this-